Happy Jack's RPG podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Good evening. Yes, everything seems to be working. (laughs) I have so much power. No, I don't. I don't have any power at all. But welcome to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 32, Episode 19. I'm Kadev, and I'm sitting in for Kimmy tonight, which is fun and exciting and a little terrifying because I usually ad-lib a lot of stuff. Kimmy is not that person. So (laughs) I'm going to get through this part as best I can. Tonight, I have with me... Hi, I'm Kurt. I'm Pooja. And in today's episode, we have an email from Jan Eagle from Norway, sharing some success and horror stories, which delight me. (laughs) Eric from New Jersey feels like he is failing one of his players. I should probably put on my glasses if I'm going to do this right. Yeah, I left mine in my car. Yeah, just, uh, (laughs) it's fine. And Forlorn Hope 22 asks where to get tabletop RPG news. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to hear more advice on that myself. If you'd like to contribute with a question or a story to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg uh, at gmail.com. We need emails. Please, please send in your stories and all of the... I'm still There's a mine. vast world of tabletop players out there that need to get <clears throat> the crazy stuff that happens at their table to us so that we can delight in it. Because I love hearing all of the wild things that happen out there. Big announcement this coming weekend. September 28th through October 1st at the Hyatt Regency Airport in San Francisco. You will see a good number of us from the Happy Jacks community up there. I don't believe we're actually doing like a convention show like we usually do, but we are going to be around. So if you're in the area and you're planning to come to that con, which is Big Bad Con, by the way, because he didn't actually say the name. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I played on the con. Playing fast and loose with the rules. You're a maverick. If you're up there, please stop by. Please say hi. It's such a delight to meet people because if you're listening to this, it means you're already a person I'm more likely to like. So <laughs> we share a common sense of things. It's great. It's I have met so many cool role players through this show over the years that it's a delight when I get to meet more. So that is fantastic. Moving on to the Indie Designer of the Month, Cesar Capacol? Probably Capa Clay. Capa Clay would be my vote. It's hard. I don't know uh, Portuguese pronunciation as well. I agree. I agree. As Brazilian game designer, graphic designer, architect, and musician, he just does it all. <laughs> uh, Quirky.games, Capa uh, Clay, C A P A C L E on Twitter. Scraps is the game we're going to talk about right now. After the rupture, the world went silent for hundreds of years. The magnificent structures of our ancestors built. Our ancestors built were taken over by nature. At one point long after that, our great-grandparents woke up from their slumber. As they raised once again to the surface, they slowly but steadily uncovered towering overgrown ruins among inconceivable creatures and plants. With no recollection of what happened before their time, they started a new world. A place of hope, peace, synergy, and beauty. Welcome to Ayera. 
Uh, you are a scrapper, an adventurer who devotes their life to exploring the land, finding special ingredients, bringing them back to their workshops, and crafting their wondrous personal and community projects. Scraps is a feel-good game about sharing, about harmony with nature, about bewilderment and curiosity. It is strictly nonviolent. Gameplay works in phases. You generate a project to work on, plan your expedition, explore the wilderness in search of ingredients, bring them back home, and craft your wondrous invention. This is the loop. $14.90 US dollars. Papaclay, C-A-P-A-C-L-E dot itch dot I-O. That sounds like a lot of fun. There are definitely many a video game that I've played that basically have this premise, and I'm down with it. The the setting very very much feels like uh, Shannara Chronicles. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Post-apocalyptic, but like not immediately post. It's the things have been going on for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And also, if I may say, having known quite a few architects, this very much sounds like a game that an architect would design. <laughs> and I mean that in a, in a very good way. It's delightful. I love game designer video games, tabletop games, it doesn't matter. I love game designers that take a weird angle at things. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're you're going to make a game about being a cat in a cyberpunk world and running around and doing cat puzzles, I'm going to buy that game <laughs> and I'm going to play it and it was delightful. You're gonna make, He's talking about stress. Yes. <laughs> You're going to make an RPG experience about gathering artifacts and ingredients in an ancient world that you don't really understand how it was built or why. Like, that's great. I love it. That is exactly the kind of thing I'm down for. Or my game of the year this year, video game-wise, Power Wash Simulator. My friend uh, is playing that. And uh, it has an amazing story. She was telling me all yeah, about it. Yeah. And I was like, this is really much more in-depth than it seems at first glance, and I love the layers. Yeah, it, it has a weird story to it. It's this insanely satisfying achievement loop of spraying things clean, and then they ding at you and give you this flash of achievement, and you're like, it's wonderful. It is the ultimate, I don't really know what I want to play. I'm just going to put this on, and I'm going to have a TV show or something I'm watching on another screen. It Perfect. Perfect. 100%. All right. And coming soon, they've got a Back to the Future expansion where you get to power wash the DeLorean, I'm assuming. <laughs> Maybe the train from number three. Who I knows? Mean, you could power wash the, the clock tower. Yeah, they probably will. They probably will. They, they, also have, the they also have coming up a Warhammer 40K oh, power no. washing, which the concept delights me so much to think about having to power wash Empire State building size spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, or man. Or just a bunch of crazy power armor. Like I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's still red. We need to wash it more. It's still red. Why'd you wash all the raw red off? Why wash all red off? <laughs> it's not powerful anymore. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Orcs. Anyway, check out the indie designer of the month. It sounds delight. <laughs> This pleases the Omnitsaya. <laughs> right? Or just, just just imagine all the like, oh, you have to power wash off Necron stuff. Ooh, and they're very angry. About it. Yeah, just, just here, this, this giant bug creature is going to stand here and he's covered in gore. You have to wash away. Like, oh, God. Oh, oh, no. So many things could happen when that happens. It could be good. Anyway, moving on to message number one from Jan Egil in Norway. Who would like to start? All right, sure. Since you were very into the horror story aspect, uh, well, yeah, but that, that's that's a ways down. 
Uh, but then we'll, I'll start. I'll okay. Pick up See? Teamwork. <laughs> Hello to the stalwart defenders of nerddom on the good ship Happy Jacks. Sir. Let's start with the happy story first. Yay. Midgard Con has come and gone again. And this year, I ran two sessions of 10 candles. And again, it was glorious. Sitting on pelts on the ground in a tiny Viking tent away from the rest of the con, I ran the same scenario two evenings in a row with two very different groups. This year, the scenario was set in our time, and it started at the Mead Hall. Of course it does. (laughs) so (laughs) amazing. Insert a little bragging here. It seems that my session last year was so successful that people have been talking about it. All spots on my first session this year went in about 15 minutes, so they ended up asking me if I would do one more. And of course I said yes. That sounds like a horn worthy of tooting yourself, Sue. (laughs) The first group was all people of my age, mid-30s to mid-40s. Two women, three men. The characters were a homeless alcoholic, a rich daddy's boy, a gray bookbinder, a warehouse worker, and a little girl. I regretted saying yes to the last one almost immediately, but got convinced to let it play out. I did warn them that I would do things a lot differently if that character joined because harming kids is one of my lines. It ended up with a chase where the characters stole cars and boats trying to flee them, protecting the little girl. They ran into soldiers who died one after another, turning into shadows. In a small cabin, they found an old couple who seemed nice, offering booze and hot cocoa. Very Scandinavian. (laughs) Too bad they were trying to save them from them by murdering them. The characters figure this out, lock them in a dark room before running to the nearest boat. In the end, their true colors showed. They all sacrificed themselves to save the little girl before the world darkened for them all. I wasn't sure about this session, to be honest, but my players were really happy, and that's the important part, right? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. Mm-hmm. Dave, do you want to take the second one? Sure. The second one, that was something completely different. They were all younger than me, 18 to 24, all women. I did the safety talk I do every time. But where the first group just waved past it, this group took their time thinking about it. And then we were off. Props. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Props to them for taking a minute, yeah. really thinking about, because 10 candles can be a highly traumatic cool. experience. Yeah. So take a minute in any game you're playing. The characters were an older municipality worker who knew everyone and always had the coffee ready, <laughs> a dog loving training addict. A hippie IT tech that loved mushrooms, <laughs> a disgraced American police officer, whew, rough, <laughs> and a mysterious painter with a hidden past. Ooh. This group blew me away. They leaned into everything. They built upon one another. They gave me so much to work with, and they picked up everything I put down. It started as a psychological thriller with shapeshifters and shadow people before they ran from the mead hall. It got so intense. In the end, our mysterious painter revealed she had been the reason her brother died in a fire. And she lit herself on fire to take one of them, masquerading as one from her past with her. The police officer ended up alone in the dark with another of them, masquerading as her old boss. Realizing she had been forgiven for what she had done, and letting herself be eaten after lighting a cigarette. Oh, that's just... (laughs) uh. Yeah, yeah. The training buff tried to protect the rest with the gun she'd found, but it exploded in her hand. Then it was the hippie, 
Cantarell, and the older one left. The older one grabbed Cantarell by the shoulders, and everyone expected a hug or something, but no! She pushed her towards them and ran. Oh, shit! Cantarell laughed at them and used her knife to end her life. Never would anyone own her, not even in death. Our last character ran away, found a boat, and traveled out to sea. Here she turned off her light, laid down, and waited for the end. Four out of five players refused to roll their last conflict. They wanted to go out on their own, and it was so good. In the end, there were tears in the eyes of several of us, and listening to the recording we made in the beginning was such a moment. This was the best experience I've ever had with an RPG. Just such an amazing experience. One of the players told me that if this was a movie, she would love to watch it. I can't remember the last time I had such a GM high. Can't wait for the next time I run this game. That sounds awesome. That's awesome. All right. Now, let's get into this. <laughs> yes. Then we have the horror story. I haven't played with that many different people, and even playing with strangers, I've been lucky. Until this time. At a con, I was asked to join an, Ar an Ars Magica game, one shot. I don't understand the system. Don't worry, nobody does. But I've played several one-shots that turned into a weird campaign, and that has been great. Because they were missing a few players. Sure, I said, it, that will be fun. The other times I've played the system, it has been mostly courtly stuff, mostly RP, and not a lot of dice rolling. This one-shot was a more action-oriented one, and that did sound fun. The GM was an older fellow, mid-50s, and the players were me, another guy in his 30s, and an 18-year-old boy. We were outlaws who got a ghost attached to us, and we needed to follow an old poem to figure out how to break the connection. The poem was a real one from the 1400s. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Especially if he's doing this from Norway and it's like an old skald. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the poem, but it was a tragic love story where the ghost and her lover had been separated by her death, and now he was also waiting for her in death. We needed to find stuff like blood from a stone, milk from a human. The GM had made it really, really clear that there was a wet nurse who loved romantic stories and that would give us the last one if we told her the tragic story of our ghost. But our youngest player had another plan. <laughs> he had a sleep spell. Oh, no. So he wanted to put the wet nurse to sleep and then get it himself. The rest of us just stared at him. The GM asked him to repeat what he said, and he did. He wanted to put her to sleep and milk her. And I quote from the email, fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck that shit. And for my own, yeah, my own commentary, mm -hmm. fuck that shit. I am not comfortable with conflict, but this was just fucked up. I told the kid that it was messed up, and he, if he wanted to go forward, I would leave the table. It took several minutes before he understood that I meant it that this was creepy and an assault, even in a fictional setting. In the end, he changed his mind, and the GM fast-forwarded the story to the end. I went away from the table with a bad taste in my mouth, just glad that there hadn't been more people at the table. What's wrong with people? That's there's too much to go into. To get yeah. to <laughs> I, I, I don't have the right training to tell you exactly. I've never played with any of them again, and I'll tell them, fuck no, if any of them asks again. So that's a happy story and a creepy horror story from me. At the end, I have a question from the happy jackers around the table. What was the last RPG game slash session that made the hair on your body lift up because it was so intense? 
I'm not sure I'll hit that spot again, but bloody hell, I'll chase it. Skull from Norway. Sincerely, Jan Eagle, roguish librarian on the Discord. Skull that made the, the hair the hairs stand up. That story right now. Uh, <laughs> Just with, with revulsion. I mean, we... But that isn't a gamer session that we're actually. Yeah, in. yeah that's fair. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I've got one for my current campaign. Okay. Fortunately, I will. Spoilers. It ended well. Okay. And because it's a group of players who have, over the time of the campaign, even though they didn't know each other when they started, have learned to trust each other, they were willing to go in deep on this with the understanding that it would, there was likely a way out. Okay. Otherwise, I would have cut this shit off early. <laughs> Our rogue had received a request from her mentor to kill someone playing D anD D, and she did not share this information with the party. Mm-hmm. But they happened to be going to the town where her target lived, and so she's like, as rogues are wont to do at night, everybody else is going to sleep. She's like, oh, I'm going out shopping. They're like. When you say shopping, she's like, well, I don't pay for anything. <laughs> it's like, okay. But, and then the bard, who's played by my sister, it's like, when you say shop, you're not going to kill anyone, are you? And there was just sort of this crickets response. And then all of them are like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> you're going to go out and just kill someone in cold blood. That's what, you, yeah. Why? Because my friend asked me to. Do you know who this is? No. Do you know why he wanted me to? No, but I have put a couple of things together. I think he's family. I mean, realistically, her mentor, her, her friend, had asked her to kill her, his own father. That was the, the offer I, as the GM, put out on the table, hoping that she would say no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is partially my fault. but And it became this two-session-long like two separate weekly sessions, discussion, debate between four players on one side and one player on the other. And then our horny cleric, who's playing every possible horny bard uh, stereotype, except he's a cleric. It's like, (laughs) I know. Yeah, no, it's great. He finally comes up with an offer. He says, I will go along with this if you sleep with me. And he means in character. Right, right, right. I would hope. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have a whole other... Yeah, no, 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 no. That was fortunately understood by everyone in the instant. <laughs> thankfully. And he was bluffing. And she called his bluff. And, okay, now you, you got me. I, I'm out. It, like, she, she called his bluff. And he's like, okay, well, it still disturbs me that you were willing to, like... So they finally do agree, after two sessions of discussing this, they get agreed to do some more recon. To find out if this guy actually needs a killing. Right? Sure. And when they get there, I mean, it starts to get into very heavy Eberron lore and, and such. But when they find him, they weren't expecting to find him. But as they were searching at night, they do find him. And things he's saying that they're hearing on the other side of the door, two other players were like, oh, this fucker needs to die. And they're like, okay, we're good now. Let's just do this. <laughs> but it was this... Oh, I, I mean, it was intense. It was tense and intense for two full sessions. And fortunately, it came out good. It came out good. And nobody 
after the fact, I, mean, I did the, the check-in after the fact with everybody and, and everybody was like, no, this was just delving into some really deep concepts that we were willing to do because we trusted each other. Mm-hmm. And because we had those safety tools in place and it actually did work out, but whole oh, crap, I was like, at certain points I was like, oh shit, what do I do? Fuck, I'm the GM, I'm supposed to, oh crap. <laughs> so. That was intense. And like I said, it came out good. So, yay. I'm so glad that came out well. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Honestly, I have one from, you know, like three weeks ago on Happy Jacks that I can talk about. I have others, but they are spoilers for, for things, things that, that will be coming out, out, yeah. <laughs> coming out at a later time. So, uh, spoilers for the season one finale of Pentacles, if, if y'all care about spoilers. We knew going into it that Joe was going to be leaving as a regular player in that game because he is going back to school and has other commitments and just couldn't continue with the game. And we had had some discussions about what was going to happen to his character. And there were like check-ins and we had kind of an idea, but we play through the finale. There is a major, like intense climactic battle. We are fighting a villain that we had seen once before and kind of his entrance really launched this arc of season one that was our overall story arc. And then him coming back and the reveal was so like, oh, perfectly smarmy and like skin twisting. (laughs) And then we all came together and had like, we were fighting. He was so much stronger than all of us individually. So we're putting everything that we have into this. We're trying to work together, but like fracturing at the seams. And then the evil version of Brian, Joe's character, shows up. And we've like barely made it through this prior encounter with his friend. And it's really just like this moment where we all pulled out all of the stops, but in such a way that like we pulled out all of the stops like on our own. Caduceus, Sarah's superhero went full Super Saiyan. Mm. And I had shown up. Sapna had been undercover in like this Rise Corporation facility that was promising to enhance people's powers. But Caduceus had turned their power down in order to go undercover. Mm -hmm. So I showed up as a three instead of an eight on the scale. Oh, boy. And, like, stuff like that. Like, I had already been in a fight because we had all got, like, outed. Mm. So I was coming from one, like, jetting as fast as I could to them, entering this giant fight. Evil Brian shows up, and our Brian, Joe, lashes himself to Evil Brian as Evil Brian punches a hole through dimensions and escapes. So they both, like, in a giant explosion that almost kills another character, like, just out we're all crying it is hugely emotional like the whole thing and then to top it off we have like little moments where we all have like that that post-action aftermath scene and then we go back to the lodge and and it's revealed that like brian has written us all letters to be given to us in the event of him like disappearing or or dying Mm -hmm. And Joe reads us all these letters to our characters individually that he just comes up with on the fly. Oh, shit. 
And I swear it is some of the best, like most moving stuff that I have been in at a table. I highly recommend, even with all the spoilers I just gave you, for y'all to go back and and, like listen to that. Even there's that section of the episode at the end because Brian, like the voice that Joe had for that character and the emotional connections that he made with all of us, along with all this like epic superhero fighting and everything. And we ended season one on this note of like, we won, but at what cost? Oof. Yeah, one of those Pyrrhic victory kind of things. Oh. And once again, I can say that, like, just like with Kurt's group, part of the reason why this was so amazing and moving is because we had built up this trust over the season. We did regular check-ins. We didn't all go in ignorant of what was coming up. Right. Like, none of that information check-ins and making sure that we were all okay diminished our experience in any way. It enhanced it. So call back to last week when we were talking about emotional games. Ignorance is not a requirement to having a satisfying and emotional experience. Being informed can help to put the safety rails on that luge run of, oh, crap, (laughs) that that just gives you enough separation to be able to experience that in your gameplay, but know in the back of your head everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. Like, and, and that knowledge that like y'all are all bought in and that y'all are all good can give you the freedom to go a lot further in your role play yeah. than you would be able to otherwise because you have to, whether you have to break and negotiate in the moment or you just pull back because you're unsure. Like you can go in much harder because you have already established what your guidelines are. You don't know the specifics. I mean, you're ignorant of what the specifics will be. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the it, you do still have a, a degree of ignorance. Yeah, it's not like everything is laid out. You haven't right. it's read not the, scripted. Exactly. Right. It's programmed, I guess. Not that's I mean, the right. It's, it's like it's channeled. Channeled. Yes. Yeah. That's that's better, yeah. Thank you. That's that's a better. You don't know what term. the riverbanks are going to look like as you go down. Right. Yeah. You're still going that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's very cool. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that. That's a very fun campaign in general, just to, like, toot our own horns. Hey, we have a great too. time in there. There's a lot of, like, fun superhero-y, like, trophy stuff, and then a lot of, like, real connection and emotion. So it's a very satisfying mix. I will admit, I started watching the Pinnacles campaign, and then life got away from me, and I... But I, well, I will go back, and never, I, will, I will watch it again. <laughs> I'll never fault anyone. <laughs> so. I had... A very similar experience when we were doing the One Ring game, when Jay was playing and he was the hobbit heart of our group. And like all of us got used to, like he was the one that was always. He was the Samwise. Yeah. Yeah. He was just 100%. And the rest of us were just kind of brought along on that that emotional journey. And then he had to step away from the game. So we knew that was coming and we knew what episode it was coming in. And we kind of let it up to but the way jay made choices when he knew we'd come to an end his character is fine and living a wonderful life in the shire and that makes me happy now but we knew that he basically he was like i can't follow you anymore there is too much danger out there and i need to keep the shire and all of the people here safe yeah so like he basically similarly wrote us all a letter that was like Listen, if you ever liked me, you can't 
let anyone know I was involved. Don't, don't, like, you can sing songs about our adventures. Please never name my name. Please don't bring that. And, like, literally, all of us are crying. Like, we're all just losing it on air. And I'm like, I I don't know what to do. I just, okay, I will do anything I can to protect this hobbit. This is my life's goal now. (laughs) Like, Oh, and it was it was just uh, it was outstanding and super props to Jay. He is now award winning for his he, role. He just won the uh, uh, best player character performance in an actual play video oh, at New um, Jersey Webfest. Mm-hmm. For, for for that for that for yeah. the, and he won it today. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Breaking news, everybody. Yes, that's very cool. So yeah, he killed it, and it was it was just fantastic. Wow. For that, you had some fairly intense stuff. During the old uh, L5R game, we did, but I think I think the big moment before that, as a GM running a game for mm-hmm. me, was when my players in that Things from the Flood game discovered that the random guy that was like hanging out behind where they had their quiet out was was their semi nemesis from the original game terrible peter oh my god that they decided to leave in this creepy government research facility when they got away the peter reveal yeah. like got me as a, a listener to that game yeah. i was just like no not me and after that game we had a discussion and i was like everybody okay and they were all like we're totally 100% in and you are totally 100% an asshole <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I have to say, like, I've been playing a a game that'll come out in a couple of months. And, like, the number of times where we have done check ins and it has been like, like, the end, we get to the end of the session and it's like, okay, just want to check in. Are y'all okay? No, how could you do this? (laughs) Like, we're all, you bastard. Like, (laughs) yes, we're all okay. And we talk through our shit, but, like, it's also like, None of my makeup is waterproof. <laughs> I love those moments. And that was such a good one from, from that game. That whole campaign was so much fun. Yeah. At Big Bad Con, that's the game I'm bringing with me to keep in the pocket is my retirement community version of <laughs> Tales from the Loop. Shady Pines is what I'm tentatively yes. calling it. I have all the character archetypes done and I have all the stuff you need to run the game. I just haven't put down all of the like lore to make it into an actual thing that I could have somebody else run. <laughs> like that's that's where I am on that. So it's uh, yeah, it's coming. Tales from Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they specifically say in the loop games that you can have a loop anywhere you want as long as there's water nearby and Florida oh, qualifies. So, so not not Arizona. I mean, <laughs> I mean, have to reroute the lake. Yeah, like me, it works. Pool together, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Swimming pools, a lot of swimming pools. <laughs> It's just this affluent neighborhood, and all their pools are like 90 degrees all the time. Yes. The the neighborhood, instead of the neighborhood having each house has its own little swimming pool, there's just a A lazy river. river. A lazy river. Yeah, exactly. It goes through the entire neighborhood. Yes. Oh, God. And and literally a loop. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would work. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number two. That was a great letter. That was great. Well, thank you, Jan. Mailbag two. Okay, gang, you said the email stocks are low, so now all of my problems are being answered by you. Challenge accepted. Yes. Also, exactly, (laughs) people write us in. We want this. This is what we are literally asking for. Yeah. 
I have a player who freely admits she games to hang out with her friends in part because she hates learning new rule systems. She seems engaged role-playing a psychotic Ewok with a rock or a mute half-elf or an alien superhero who is addicted to ice cream. I I love all of those concepts. (laughs) I'm just worried because I worry that I am failing her by not helping her understand the rules more, thus enjoying the game part of a role-playing game. I feel like I am failing her. Another part of my brain says this is my anxiety acting up. Do I worry too much about this? I think as long as she's having fun and she doesn't take five minutes to figure out what she's doing in combat, which she doesn't, we're good. I just can't help thinking I failed, though. Stay tipsy, stay gaming, stay kind. Mugs held high. Eric from New Jersey. Okay, Eric, I am exactly in your position. I'm 100 exactly in your position. I have, in a couple of the different games that I'm in, I have at least one player who doesn't really follow the rules i mean they follow the rules but they don't first and foremost in their brain that's not how they approach the gaming and they're more in it for a narrative effect kind of of feel Mm -hmm. than the the tactical or optimization kind of play and maybe because i am an optimizer and i think about the rules constantly whether i'm a player or a gm It's niggling at the back of my mind, like they could be getting more out of this if they knew what the rules were. And I have to tell that part of my brain to shut the fuck up because I know from observing and from them telling me that they are having fun. This is how they are having fun. This is how they are enjoying the game. Their fun is not wrong. And if it means that I need to do a little bit more work in the moment as a GM to interpret their, like, I want to do X into game mechanics. That's how to respond to that rather than trying to get them to memorize rules. Yeah. That is part of your job as the GM is to translate, I want to do X into game mechanics. I mean, it's one of the things we do a lot in, like, PBTA games and things like that. Like, as players are like, cool, this is what I want to do. And then it's a collaborative effort in figuring out, like, what what stat you're rolling or what move you're making to have that happen, right? Like, we do it a ton with Jason in every game I've ever played with him. (laughs) Yeah. but He's really good at that. He's amazing at it. And one thing I would say is, like, it goes back to... If you want to have, like, if you feel like things have changed from the last conversation that you had with her, have another conversation. Just do a check-in and Mm -hmm. say, hey, it looks like you're having a good time. Do you want to try to make another stab, more game mechanics time of stuff? But it also feels like she's pretty competent in the system. Yeah. And not everybody is going to be about that min-max life. Yeah. I am not about that min-max life as a player, and I am conversant enough in the rules to go through my merry way and have an amazing time. And I don't want to become a different kind of player because someone else has pressured me into thinking I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. So it's about like, the only way you would really fail her is by forcing her to play in the way that you think is correct, not in the way that is her getting the most out of the story, telling the best story with y'all and y'all all having fun. In your letter, you're saying she's not taking, a, she knows enough of the rules 
to know what she wants to do in combat and do the stuff. And it's not taking overly long. It's not taking overly long when she has to make rolls and stuff like that. So she does know the rules. She just doesn't necessarily know them inside out and forwards and backwards. And that's like she knows the average. She may not know them enough to the point where she can find all of the loopholes. Yeah, I mean, like, and but not everybody wants to play. No, no, exactly, exactly. And honestly, as the guy who finds all of those loopholes, that guy is really annoying. <laughs> That's me. I'm the really annoying. I'm trying. I'm working on it. <laughs> but I, I can tell you some of the most fun games I've had, I played in at our local conventions. One of the things, props to the MOOC, I would always play in his Monday morning game to kind of cap the yeah. weekend for me because I'm not a GURPS expert. No. I couldn't tell you the first thing about the intricate rule set that was happening behind a big curtain that I knew nothing about. And with him, you didn't need to. And you never had to. Yeah. You could just say, here's what I want to do. And he'd go, cool, roll 3D6. Yep. Let's find out how it goes. Yeah. And he would do, I'm assuming, like, logarithmic equations back then <laughs> and determine what happened based on what I was oh. doing. It and was it was doing always, <laughs> it was always so fluid and so perfect. And it was just like the little cherry on top of my con weekends. So uh, I miss that very much. Oh, but, man, yeah. Like, I still had a grand time and I couldn't tell you shit about what he was doing for me. <laughs> that heavy lifting that he was doing. But yeah, I mean, it's worth a conversation. It's worth a check-in. Say, hey, if you're interested in getting more into this stuff, we can meet up sometime that's not game time and we can go over stuff and see if there's any way I can help you realize what you want to do better. Or if you're happy, I'm happy. Let's just go. If you find that there are specific instances that come up and please make it plural before you do a thing about this. But if there are specific instances that come up that had a character's, had a player known about their character's abilities a little better, it would have made everything go easier or just even that one thing go easier. But I'm playing a paladin and I forgot that I can turn undead. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're up against a skeleton army. It's like, that could have made things go easier. And so maybe you, you see maybe you see a couple of instances where they they're neglecting certain abilities that they already have. That's like, hey, just to remind you, you you chose this as part of your character creation. It's a thing that might make your life easier. You could start the conversation that way. But on the other hand, Paladin might have forgotten that they had turned on dead because it was scared shitless about facing down a skeleton army. And it was a role-playing choice to forget <laughs> six, one half dozen the other. I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. I think like the core of your point is like, if it's negatively impacting the game for everyone, then it's then at that point you say something, you're like, Hey, maybe we'll want to like, just get a little better at this. But if it's not, and it sounds like it's not, no, then have the check-in. And then just realize that you are actually not only not failing her, mm. but being the better GM for it, that you are working with the style of play that gives her the most enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And everyone in this room, 
I barely only met Pooja, but I'm going to speak for her anyway, because I'm an overconfident white man. We all understand the imposter syndrome. And that sounds like it. That's what I'm hearing in your email is that you're experiencing a certain degree of that. That it's like, I can't help the feel that I'm not doing something good enough. Eric, you're doing fine. Really. <laughs> they keep coming back. Yeah. They seem like they're having a good time. Exactly. That's how you know you're winning is yeah. are your players coming back. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mailbag three. Yeah. Start this. Here we go. Yeah, go. Hello. Happy Jack's crew. And also Kimmy who is, amazingly enough, not actually here. Since one of my idiot ramblings made the show again, I assume you are once again scraping the sides of the metaphorical peanut butter jar of emails. But for real. Write Uh, it. Write it, yes. (laughs) I need to write mine. In order to help out, let me put in a call for emails from the audience. Woo! I mean, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you have to listen to these fine folks try to answer my disconnected questions about D&D and Pathfinder. And nobody wants that. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, like, we'll do it. (laughs) I mean, I'm not the guy for D&D or Pathfinder advice, but I'll try. I I don't know Pathfinder, but I'm getting pretty good at this D&D thing. I mean, I couldn't talk to you about 2E, but I did play six years of Pathfinder. So sure, that was a really fun time. Cool. <laughs> On to the actual question. I'm writing this mid-July 2023, so it's not fairly recent. The time frame is important because this is a few weeks after Reddit went full and shitified internet <laughs> service. That's a, it's a real term. Look it up. <laughs> that's the wonderful thing about English is if you want to make up a new word, that's a word. And I have now found I am much more disconnected from TTRPG news, articles, and creators I used to find through Reddit. I'm wondering where you find your RPG news outside of the wonderful community on Discord, of course. I've been trying Lemmy and older RSS feeds, but both are requiring more effort to find stuff than good old Reddit. Yours in service, Forlorn Hope 22 in the Discord. I get my most of my D&D news, well, not d my RPG news from Happy Jack's RPG podcast, the <laughs> finest name in tabletop RPG anything. I am currently a member of like three different discords that have active TTRPG communities, even if they are not TTRPG focused. And I get a lot of news from there. I have signed up on itch to follow a couple of creators who get news that way. And in the old days, I would have said Twitter. Now there What's is a, exactly there is a burgeoning TTRPG community on Blue Sky. Woo! Blue Sky also has an interesting feature called feeds, which will pick up on keywords and give you a bunch of posts based on those. So, for example, if somebody hashtags their post TTRPG, it will show up on the TTRPG feed and. Because everyone is amazing with their Discord or with their Blue Sky invites. There's actually a pretty robust TTRPG community already forming on the service, despite it being new. Then the it's lacking some like key features, I feel like would be would make it like a really, really good service, but it is working out super well as the, in my opinion, currently the best option for a Twitter replacement. And then, yeah, like Ratified's kind of. Reddit or Reddit is kind of inchified, but it's also still there. I get more from Reddit now than I than I did over a year ago, uh, just because I I'm 
very new to Reddit, unfortunately. So, or fortunately, depending on your point of view. I haven't been around, but I also highly curate my experience there and keep it to a very specific time limit. So, like, I couldn't tell you details about it. But I would say, like, it is harder. But I don't know that RSS feeds are really going to be your your answer in this third quarter of 2023. <laughs> You can also sign up for update newsletters from companies that you want to follow, or sometimes indie game designers will have that kind of newsletter aspect to their their site. So you can sign up for the latest news, and they will oftentimes promote other game systems that they're excited about that are coming out, Kickstarter, stuff like that. So that might be worth looking into if you have some people whose tastes and opinions that you trust. It's not the worst thing. Yeah, I know at the con. The, the our source for the newest and latest and greatest of of uh, TTRPGs was Tomes. <laughs> right, he's come in with a pith helmet and said, "I've been tracking the wild <laughs> TTRPG in the sub the strange the jungles of <laughs> of the internet of the internet, and I found yeah. this jewel that I will now run for you." Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tomes is definitely one of the best. I don't have the right. The word has escaped me, but he is the best cheerleader for the whole yeah, hobby. The, the word that comes to mind the is best. proselytizer, but that's yeah. not. It's got the wrong connotation. Right, right. He uh, just, the other one that comes to mind is evangelist, but again, has the wrong <laughs> yeah, connotation. You know, but, like, but he gets the the yeah. Definitely, definitely, he is that paladin out there with his shield that is just plowing through who knows how many horrifying things out there. And then he comes back and goes, look, I found this weird game, but I promise you it's going to be fun. You get to be a skeleton. And when there's nobody in the dungeon where you live for you to go kill, (laughs) you put your head down and you take a nap. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, that sounds real weird. I don't know if it's going to be the game you ran at this con, wasn't it? And you, you're like, okay. And then he's like, all right, well, there's no no good guys have come in the dungeon. So you just, okay, I'm going to put my head down, have a little nap. Uh, just, oh, uh, yeah. And then you sit there for like a minute. <laughs> and with your eyes closed, just sitting at a table with a bunch of people, you're like, this oh is real God. weird. And it's going real long. And then you're like, it goes just long enough for you to go, nap sounds good. <laughs> Maybe I should have a nap. And then he, then he literally is like, alarm! And you're like, oh, shit! <laughs> and you leap up like a pile of bones coming to life. Yeah, oh, yes, he is definitely a promoter of all of the randomness you might find out there. Some of the suggestions from the delightful. chat. Yeah. Champion, maven, promoter, prophet. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been the source of so many things for me to be interested in. Yeah. And so many cool games that like I can't play it anywhere else. Like there's no way. It is it is helpful to have that one friend. Find that one friend for you. And and then just let them let them get you enthusiastic enthusiastic (laughs) about all these (laughs) systems that you never would have heard about otherwise. Rely on the labor of others. That's what we're saying. Like, sometimes it's not about labor so much as allowing people the space to talk about the stuff that they're super, super interested in that they always refrain from talking about because they think no one is interested. Another source that I didn't uh, think to mention because I don't leave my house unless forced to 
is your friendly local game store. That's true. Yeah. Getting harder and harder to find those. I'm still excited and shocked completely without my input. My son has made close friends with a a kid from school Mm -hmm. uh, whose dad owns a local gaming store. There you go. Just up the road from us. And now he's going off and playing like Pokemon themed D&D once a week there at the store. Cool. Completely without my influence at all. Like, I didn't even know the store was there before he told me about it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) How do I get it on this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. The first time I dropped him off for a game without me around, I was like, whoa. (laughs) It was worse than dropping him off for kindergarten. (laughs) For sure. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm going to drive home, but I can't see. It's just (laughs) raining in the car. I don't know why. Who could? I used it in my car. But why am I driving through a dust storm? <laughs> Stupid air filter. But no, uh, so definitely the other thing I would look at is search social media of your preference for posts from game convention. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. people often write up little things like little blurbs, little things about games that they had a fun time with. And you can find a lot of cool stuff that way, especially Gen Con season, especially when you know that there's a cool con going on, like Big Bad Con this next weekend, which is sort of a real hub of indie game activity. Yeah. But there's cons all over the country and all over the world. You know, apparently you can go sit in a Viking tent and play 10 Candles in Norway, which is freaking rad. Midgard Con. Like, I'm sorry. We, like, I feel like we didn't spend enough time being like, that's freaking amazing. The fact yeah. that there's a Midgard Con yeah. that we're Midgard, not at. Midgard Con sounds to me like a gaming convention met an SCA event. A little. I and mean, I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> it's SCA, which honestly, having dealt with quite a few Skadians, it's not that big of a stretch. Not that no, big of a stretch to, 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 to compare to mine those right. two. Yeah, it's, it's not shocking to discover, now, like, hey, people that are into historical recreationism might like games in which you can sit around and play historical recreation. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. No, there is nothing wrong with it. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. Responding to the chat. Mm. But just, it's 100% like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That that seems like an audience crossover. That Venn diagram diagram that you know. That Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) All right. I think that's a good place. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us for season 32, episode 19 of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Please support our amazing Indie Designer of the Month, Cesar Capacale, he, him, at quirky.games. That's um, such a great website. Yeah, that's a great, absolutely. Thanks, James, in the chat, for keeping chat safe and wonderful place. You are the digital barrier between us and the internet. And Thank that's... you. <laughs> Not thank you enough, really. <laughs> yeah, there's... No one appreciates a breakwater more than the people that are behind it. (laughs) So, thank you. Thank you also to all of the amazing Patreon supporters that uh, keep this, our podcast, and all the games we play here free and independent. You can join them at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. There's some cool stuff. You'll get some debriefs from games when they wrap. You'll get some other cool, interesting things. Uh, Yes, both Stu and Kimmy are 100% fine. They're fine. They're fine. Uh, Kimmy was just all busy good. tonight, so yeah. I got to be here, and it's fun. Oh, hey, uh, since you are here and you have all the power. Yes. <laughs> can I promote a thing? 
We do, yeah. I'm just gonna we're gonna go around okay, and then right, talk cool. about other stuff. I forgot yeah. to mention it earlier. That's yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I have been Kadave. Uh, you can find me here usually Tuesday nights running Blade Runner in Burning Bright, our campaign that we're doing. We're off the next two weeks because life, the universe, and travel plans. And but then we'll be back so uh, the second Tuesday of October for that. I occasionally pop up here for this show, but that's just a roll of the dice. I don't even know when it is usually. And then you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Lord playing Dave the Diver, the gathering fish and running a sushi restaurant at night video game. <laughs> I, I told you I like weird games, man. <laughs> and it is weird, but it is delightful. I'm doing that Monday nights, usually six to seven o'clock. You'll see me appear there and play an interesting game. So come on by. You know, we chat about random stuff and I wear hats from my travels all around the world and we talk about weird places and all the cool stuff. Plausible alibi. Goodbye, I'm Kurt. I show up here sporadically and you can find me with my band Sportive Tricks. Most We just had a show last night, which I'm sorry if you missed it, but we will be playing the Age of Chivalry Renaissance Festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. October 13, 14, 15. Friday the 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. We'll be playing out there. This is in in Lost Wages, Nevada. It's a hell of a lot of fun. We love doing this this festival. It's so much fun. Or you can find us at sportivetricks.com. Hi, I am Pooja, and you can find me on the internet as Forgotten Saves, where I am posting photos and the incredibly rare video of my cats which they're delightful. Everyone should love them, as I do. And if you want to hear me play TTRPGs, you can find me, as mentioned before, on Happy Jacks. Currently, we are running the Wild Talents actual play Pinnacles. We literally just started season two today with our brand new cast member, Eli. I'm so excited about getting to play with you. <laughs> He's a good guy. And you can find me on the 12-Sided Stories podcast back catalog. And coming up, on a couple of actual plays for Queen Queen's Court games that I'm really, really excited about. Ooh, super awesome. Thanks for tuning in or listening later. The listening later process is something Kimmy's going to do because that sounds like work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have a great night, everybody. And we'll, and we'll leave you with a song. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> I almost forgot. Oops. Here's your song tonight. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's hard enough to remind you of the days when you could smile. So my friend, you will see you've got a drink with me and your troubles will end for a while. At the pub, at the pub, at the pub, my friends, I'll see you all at the pub, at the pub. At the end of the night, it will all be alright when I see you all at the pub, at the pub. Poor old Bates has a job he hates Every night he goes home in pain But my friend, we can agree When the beer flows free At the bottom of a glass he's whole again Drinking like there's no tomorrow Drowning my sorrow Cursing my cold and bitter wife 
But give her scotch a rye, there's a gleam in her eye, and I think I can learn to love my life. At the pub, at the pub, at the pub, my friends, I'll see you all at the pub, at the pub. At the end of the night, it will all be alright when I see you all at the pub. Sun, following a night of fun to a room spinning right off its axis to give my head a jog grab some hair of the dog my breakfast is the devil's own molasses my useless mate that lousy cheapskate some days I could feed him with a club But a pint or two of ale Sure beats go in the jail And I'll meet that bastard down at the pub At the pub At the pub At the pub, my friends I'll see you all at the pub At the pub At the end of the night It will all be alright When I see you all at the pub Product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.